0: I mean, we're just working like crazy. So we're gonna have a lot of really cool stuff. And Q1 next year is our early access release. So it's gonna be the, the beginnings of the single player campaign. We wanna get something into people's hands real soon. So they can actually start playing the game, experience the combat, start giving us feedback on what to work on, you know, what to fix, what to improve. And then we're gonna be adding co-op and just scaling it up into like a real MMO.
1: What is up, you beautiful people? Welcome back to another episode of the Built on Bitcoin podcast, where we're covering everything going on in the Stacks ecosystem. And today we have a very special guest, the founder of Moonray, which is a game that's been making waves lately. It's a triple A, super far in the future, surreal, sci fi uh, RPG game that, uh, We've, you've seen the footage on Twitter, it looks incredible, and uh, yeah, today we have Rodrigo on the podcast, we talk about Moonray, we talk about NFTs, the ultimate vision of Moonray, which is to become one of the metaverses that we're all going to uh, tap into once graphics gets good enough and the technology evolves a little bit. Uh, we will be going into Moonray with our digital assets and uh, hanging out kicking ass you know whatever we want to do our, our digital um selves might just be in this game that would be the the everything going perfectly to plan yeah excited for this one it was great talking to him uh time flew by way too fast and uh yeah i'm not gonna talk let's just hop in the episode with rodrigo eccetto founder of moonray <laughs> Welcome to Built
0: on Bitcoin.
1: Rodrigo, thank you for joining the uh, Built on Bitcoin podcast. How are you, my friend? Good, good. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Appreciate it. Doing research on you was pretty interesting. We've all seen the amazing gameplay video on Twitter, and uh, I was at the demo day, so I got to see you crash Zoom. That was dope. My pleasure. Uh But then I got to listen to some other podcasts and you kind of go down some rabbit holes of aliens and you got some background in photography. And so I went Mm -hmm. to that, went to your uh, website, went down that hole. So I'm not sure where to start or how fast I want to lose the audience, but where we should take this. But I guess let's just start with kind of like what your brief background is and how you got into creating Moonray and starting Element 115.
0: Yeah, no problem. Um, So like my background is math, computer science. That's, that's what I studied in school years ago. And then I, I um, moved to Silicon Valley after college. I worked there for like three years, like a consulting company. We we're doing like basically like marketing consulting for like um, tech startups. Um, and then I worked in my family's business. My family is a business, to, something totally different. Did that for like 15 years, like a food processing startup. Um, and then three years ago, I wanted to get back into tech. And I really wanted to get into game. I just, I've always liked uh, graphics and, and visual stuff. So um, I was just really impressed with the technology that's available now with Unreal Engine and just you know the 3D pipelines in General ZBrush. I've been using ZBrush for years and years and years. I, I think it's still like the most amazing software program uh, ever made. Um, it's, it's really incredible. Um, so I just thought you know I just started experimenting with Unreal and initially I wanted to do something that was more like along the lines of like music visualization. So I developed like this technique for synchronizing graphics with music. That's, but it's not a frequency analyzer. So that basically like you play a song and as the song is playing, you draw on like a like a Wacom, like a tablet, and that records like the data that, you're, that you're, you're, you're essentially drawing the music as the music's playing. And then you can do that for different tracks, like for the bass track, for the drum tracks, et cetera. And then use that data to synchronize any type of visual in Unreal Engine. Um, but then I just figured, so we have that and we're, I mean, everything in the game actually synchronizes to music. We haven't shown that yet. Um, but But then I just thought, okay, this is really cool, but you know, to the market to make a real product, it has to be a game. So um, that's when I started thinking, okay, I've got to you know really take this more down the, the route of, of making a game. Um, and so that was like you know like three years ago is when I started that, and then it eventually just kind of like grew and grew until we you know started making Moonray itself, and started putting the team together, and finding like um, cool programmers, especially like algorithmic programmers, which everybody likes. We've got a lot of like really cool like real time graphics, like fluid simulations and physics simulations that we do. Um, because i just think it's really cool uh so that's when you know we just started making this like really far future surreal kind of sci-fi kind of um world because that's just kind of what i'm into like you know that's why i like aliens because i just think it's cool and i just think that most of the stuff that we have now to me it's just getting kind of boring it's like the same games There's nothing wrong with like a medieval game or a near future game there's a market for that and i play those games you know and i play you know like i love sekiro and, and games like that i love that, that kind of like historical or pseudo historical genre, but just everyone's doing it, everyone's doing it. So, you know, I want to do something that's really, really far future. And just think of like, what would technology look like 10,000 years from now, 50,000 years from now? And I just think it would look totally different. It would look organic. It would look very, very simple. I think that you would have total control over matter. And that's why everything would become like liquid, in a sense, you could shape and mold anything, any way you want. I think everything would be made out of kind of the same kind of stuff. And there's no real distinction between alive and dead or man-made or mechanical, mm. I think everything will just blur. Um, and that's what I think that, you know, like an advanced technology would look like. Um, and that's what I meant to aliens. That's why, you know, like I always say like, you know, when you see reports, you know, I don't know if you follow UFOs, I follow it re- really closely, but like, you know, there's reports now of like flying pyramids buzzing our Navy destroyers off the coast of California. Like it happened last year, I think. When, when I hear that, that to me is really interesting. Like a flying pyramid is an advanced technology. Like a ship, you know, like a plane that's made out of all sorts of panels, With nuts and bolts and stuff that's a primitive technology that's that's what we have you know you're burning fuel like something that can just float and it can be any shape and like aerodynamics don't matter at all that's a real technology
1: yeah man where to go with this you covered so much right there but i've heard i haven't dug deep into into ufos i haven't spent any time on it but i know i saw they declassified a bunch of things in the past couple years it seems like and yeah that's caused a crazy amount of stir because you have uh, an entity that has a, an immense amount of resources to do research on these things. And they're like, we have no clue. I've, I don't know. And yeah, it's like, and, the... and it's breaking the mold of what something like that should move like is what th- that's what kind of bends my mind the most of like, there's so much that we don't even have a clue about.
0: Yeah. And the videos of the releasing and the reports of the pirate of the uh, pilots and stuff, they show like craft that have no visible propulsion no heat signatures that are given off like any sort of like jet trail or anything like that. They can stop and start. They can make 90 degree turns. Um, they don't seem to be affected by inertia at all. Um, so it's like some sort of bubble that they're creating, some sort of like space-time bubble. I mean, who knows how it works? My suspicion is it's all actually electromagnetic and we just don't understand electromagnetism. Um,
1: hmm. I
0: think that we have to look at what Tesla did a whole lot more, like the historical Tesla. I think that he was much more advanced than we, um, than we think. Um, but who knows? I mean, I'm the, I just think it's really cool. And then to me, it's like that, again, that's an advanced technology. I mean, our planes are like, they have inertia and they can do, they can, you can, they can bank and fly, but you can see the way they're turning from a mile away. These UFOs, they'll just go, they'll make a 90 degree turn. They can, you know, they can just accelerate instantly. Um, and in the reports of pilots that see them, they'll say a lot of times it's like, so there's a famous Tic Tac, um, incident that was a Navy pilot, like in 2004, I think, who just saw a white, you know, like a 30 foot long white Tic deck, perfectly smooth, no rivets, no panels, no windows, nothing. Just perfectly smooth Tic Tac flying in any way it wants. Like, okay, that's that's technology. That's the real deal.
1: Yeah, and um, I mean, the way you describe what the future will probably be like in this kind of like organic fluid matter, its it's kind of like how back in the day everyone was trying to convert through alchemy, things into gold, because gold Mm -hmm. is like the most precious metal. So if we can turn a non-precious metal into a precious metal, then everything's going to be better off. And this is like that to the nth degree where you can turn anything. And in the game, you have it, it's called Mium, which is this Mm -hmm. element that uh, the main God, in a sense, can can harness and create into anything it wants. that's how I see that is like in the future, you'll just alchemize anything to be anything and there'll be, there's no more scarcity. It's there's complete abundance.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's kind of where technology, I mean, hopefully it heads and it, you know, it's like, yeah, when you have total control over matter, then you, yeah, you can convert anything into anything else. Then all the distinctions between different types of matter to start to, to go away. Because I imagine like, if you have enough energy, you can convert any type of matter into any other type of matter. And so then it really doesn't matter. So, so that's like the idea behind Mium in the game is that that's kind of like the ultimate element. It's the energy source. Everything in the game has some level of Mium embedded in it. And the more it has, the more fluid it is and the more control you have over it. So like the player is made partially out of Mium. Like, he, like you're you're kind of like a like a, a being that's made, that's like fashioned by the goddess out of out of Mium. Um, and that's why you can take on any different form you want as well. You're not like, you're not a human you're not male or female you're just kind of like some new type of life form and, and you can change it to anything so like we're gonna i mean we want to do like some really cool stuff um i'm you know i'm talking to the development team one of the things that i I really want to do is a centaur creature i've always wanted to do that you know so like you should just be able to turn to anything that you want for the fast travel right now instead of doing like a vehicle you just turn to a swarm like a swarm of particles and fly anywhere you want and then you okay refashion into human. It's like like that to me would be cool like i don't want to i don't want to get into like a like a a, a, a ship and fly around. That to me just is boring. Like I want to turn into a swarm of fifty thousand particles, fly wherever I want, and then just like you know reintegrate into a humanoid form, run around for a little bit, kill something, turn into a centaur, run away. It's like that. It's like now we're having fun. You know what I mean? It's like if I have to get into like basically a Tesla Model Ten, you know, flying spaceship. It's like, eh, who cares?
1: Yeah. No, you're kind of going like the route of what people have been hoping the metaverse becomes, where we kind of like we just put our consciousness into the machine and we become limitless not bounded by any kind of material now uh and that's kind of like that but you still have some limitations in how much medium you have access to is that kind of the yeah uh, that So the bounds currently
0: exactly yeah. so you have to collect it the more you collect it the more you can like you know cool stuff you can create and craft you know and weapons and things like that so that is like the resource that, that you have to collect and when you kill an enemy you're taking you know their medium you know essentially you know that's what that's what's left behind um, so that's like the, the basis of the economy. And then that's going to be the basis of the token economy, you know, in the game. Got it. And
1: that's, uh, yeah, the, the, the play to earn model was so, I'm trying to wrap my head around it. I probably stopped gaming eight years ago. Like when I stopped gaming, the, the kind of like season pass model was just coming into play. And I was like, oh, here we go. Like the money grab starts again. And, mm-hmm. and then it was, and then now we're in kind of the play to earn or the free to play, but you just kind of like nickel and dime people for every little thing. For skins and avatars uh how do you think about the current model or the the model we're going into like, i think it's help, really help different. It. yeah i
0: think it's really different And gamers I th- there's a negative perception among gamers and i think it's going to change i think it's going to take a year or two until people understand what play to earn and what this new economic model is but it's a complete shift right because people are thinking like oh you're doing nfts and crypto yeah you're going to nickel and diamonds and we have to buy your thing it's like no what you do in the game you own if you buy something you own that asset if you buy a skin right now in another game in fortnite whatever what do you do when you don't want the skin anymore when you get your money back from epic go ask them like -hmm. they're not going to give you your money back you Mm -hmm. played it for a month that's yours you bought it with us you're tired of that skin sell it you don't have to hang on to it maybe you'll make money you know maybe that you know it goes up or if you don't want to buy anything that's fine just play the game earn resources that um resource collection mechanism in the game eventually when you get enough you can actually craft an nft in the game, that NFT is gonna have value. You can convert it to dollars if you want. You can convert to Bitcoin. That's a real asset that you own. So it's a little bit like, I think about it, like imagine if this was like 5,000 years ago and we're all living on land, right? And we're just like, we have tents or whatever. We're just like hanging out, living on land. And like, you know, that's one level of wealth. And then all of a sudden the, the legal framework for property ownership develops. Now you can actually have title to the land that you're on. And then also that land becomes a useful economic asset. You can get a loan out on it, you can sell it. That's how I funded this game. I got a loan out, I got a second mortgage on my home. If it wasn't for the fact that I have title to my house, I couldn't have done that. And then never would have made the game. But unlocking that land ownership is what unlocks those economies. Some third world economies, the problem that they have is that people don't have title to their land. They, li- they live on a plot of land. They've lived there for decades. Their family, it could be second, third generation, but the legal system is such a mess. You don't actually own title to your land. That means you can't go to a bank and get a loan. I mean, it, it's, you're restricted. So what's happening now with NFTs and this whole economy is all of a sudden digital assets, you have you own it. You have ownership of it. That just unlocks a whole new economy. And, and that's what we're seeing. But it's scary initially. And a lot of people don't, still don't get it. They think, oh, it's like a scam or it's like, oh, yeah, it's just like another microtransaction. It's not. What you buy is yours. You can trade it. You can sell it. We have a partnership with another company called Alex. They're in the Stacks ecosystem. They're like a, you know, essentially like a DeFi exchange, like a, like a sophisticated DeFi exchange. They're going to take our NFTs and they'll turn those into financial instruments. So if you want to take a loan out and use your NFT as collateral, you can do that. If you want to do yield farming with an NFT, you'll be able to do that as well. You know, so if you're not playing the game, you want to hang. You just want to, you know, take a break for a couple of months, rent it out to someone. If you have a really cool weapon or skin, rent it out to someone. You know, or do some yield farming. You can actually earn money with it. So then it becomes a whole new type of economy that's only possible with blockchain. And I think especially as we enter this automated age, where all sorts of jobs are going to get automated away, it's like we have to create new economies. People are always. Every time there's like a new, like, you know, like when the industrial revolution came along, you know, you had, you know, the people are like, Oh, but you know, all these jobs are going to be wiped away. These manual jobs we had before now they're mechanized. Yeah. But like a thousand new careers, you know, mm-hmm. you know, like sprung up that we didn't have before. This is the same process that we're seeing now. It's just the beginning of it. The earning money in a metaverse is going to be a real job very soon. Yeah. And it's going to re- and it's going to replace jobs. that are disappearing. Like truck drivers. I'm sorry. It sucks, but that's going away. There's nothing we can do about that. But what we can do is create new opportunities where it's like, okay, if, if all trucks are automated and all cars are automated and there's no more taxi drivers and, and truck drivers, okay, there's going to be a metaverse and many metaverses and you can actually earn a living there. And that's, those are going to be the types of future jobs that we have to create.
1: That makes sense. That makes sense. Like my My corollary is back when I played RuneScape as a young kid and you would like mine ore that you can sell in the marketplace. And if you held it enough, you can go on kind of like the PayPal black markets and flip it that way. Now it's just like the platform is already there. But we're really early. This sounds like we're like on like the third domino and we're just getting started and we don't really even have like the primitives to really understand how big this could be.
0: Yeah, no, it is it's just getting started. And so some people see like the valuations of like the first blockchain gaming companies, you know, like Axie Infinity, and they okay. think that's just ridiculous. You know, like it's it's hype. No, it's not. It's a totally new asset class, and that's what it is. It's it's like unlocking a new form of wealth creation that wasn't possible before blockchain technology existed. Um, so, like what you're saying with RuneScape, yeah, I mean, like people are doing that or going on eBay and selling assets illegally. With us, it's not going to be illegal. Like we want you to do it. We want yeah. you to make stuff and make money. Like that's what we want you to come in and make a business inside of Moonray. Your business could be. I'm really good at crafting swords and I can make the best level 10 swords anyone can make Mm. do it, go sell
1: them. That's your business. Like we don't care. I don't care what you do with your assets. Go sell them. Make some money. I I can also see a time like there's so much hours spent playing games already. And it's most entertainment, non-productive time, unless you're in like the upper echelon, but now it could be a, I could see a a period of time where not just in the future, every game that someone plays has to have some productive level to it. And it's just, Maybe the more productive games are more boring, but there's games in the middle. And like every single thing, that, every game you play in the future is going to have some element of financial benefit it's on top have to. of it.
0: Yeah, it's, it's going to have to. It's like basically like we, we reward your time. Basically, time is the yeah. most precious commodity. And we measure the time you put into it and the skill you have and we reward that. That's what blockchain enables, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so the more you play, the better you're going to get. And then the more of the in-game resource you earn, the more cool stuff you can craft um but yeah everything so like the idea of telling a gamer in a few years pay me 60 bucks I'll let you play my game it's going to sound crazy mm-hmm. no one's going to do it. like why in the world would i rent a game from you that's basically what that is that's the rental model no one's going to rent a game from us yeah you know yeah. you, unless you don't have to the game is free you own it but you want to make some cool stuff you want to craft some cool skins you, you own it we're going to open up the pipeline too we're going to open up to the modding community so we're going to have like a beta server and a live server If you're a modder, you want to do some cool stuff, you already know Unreal Engine, we'll make a plugin at some point to make that integration like as seamless and as easy as possible. You want to make a cool game mode, a level, a mission. If you're an animator and you want to make a new move set with some weapons, do it, bring it to the beta server. You can experiment. It's gonna be like the Wild West, anything goes. And then we're gonna have, via the governance token, a DAO that takes cool ideas and builds them into the live server. Um, So then, you know, like if you want to be like a game modder and just make cool missions for Moonray, you can do that. Um, when you bring it to the live server, there's probably going to be like some sort of NFT minting process. So you own that, um, but then you can sell it. Like you can make a really cool mission and say, this is a really hardcore elite mission. I'm going to make a unique NFT. It's it's an addition of a thousand. Only the thousand people that buy this NFT can play this mission. And that could be your business. And you're always doing that. And you become really well-known as like the craziest level designer. Go for it. Like we just want to enable that. So over time, Moonray will become a platform and, and not so much a game. What we're building now is just the first iteration of a potential game in our metaverse but I, I expect that to change like rapidly over time
1: yeah so you guys are kind of the ultimate goal is to kind of become what Roblox is becoming right now uh as like the base layer that people can build on top of but it actually looks beautiful yeah. while you're doing it
0: yeah and more of a like you know like if you want to do like yeah more like you know advanced like next generation gameplay you want to do real combat like if someone wants to make like a third person shooter mod for us uh, go for it. you want to make a first person shooter we'll, we'll enable that Um, but I think that's, that's going to be, I mean, to make a real metaverse, that's what you have to do. Like, we don't expect everyone to come in necessarily and just play the action game that we're making now. That's going to be the initial like hook for the first few years. But, but over time, the DAO is there to come up with new ideas, new types of gameplay. Um, you know, some people just don't like action gaming, but maybe they'll just be in the capital city and be involved in the politics. And that's what they like. And they never really go into like a multiplayer mission or a single player campaign. They're just hanging out in the city and like, I don't know. Open up a shop, like, dude. Do, I don't know. Do, do whatever you want. I mean, like, that's what we want to enable. And I think this is. I mean, this is the social media of the future. Mm-hmm. Who in the world is going to be like in five years, like sitting on some stupid website, you know, typing away? It's just going to be dumb. Like, why yeah. would you do that when it's like you can be into it in a really cool three D universe? At some point VR is going to get powerful enough where, where you have VR that can power this kind of graphics. And then it's game. It's over. Then it's game over. So, I mean, I don't know. If I were Facebook, I'd be nervous.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like that bold bold claim. Um... Yeah, it actually sounds like you're doing it's almost like you're open sourcing the platform so that you guys you guys give the elements that people can build on top of. And like you don't really have to like top down direct it. It just or like organically grows and wherever it goes, you guys are gonna support it. That's
0: absolutely it. And like we're just kind of like the glue, where you know, especially initially, we're making sure everything kind of fits that like no one is coming in necessarily, like it's like making like a I don't know, a Mickey Mouse mod or something like that. It's like, okay, maybe on the beta server, you can go nuts. But like at some point, like it has to kind of fit our world. Um, But over time, we just become the glue. And look, if someone wants this, if someone says, like, I really like medieval games. Okay, make a medieval mod in the capital city. You can go into a portal and you're transported to another dimension, another planet or whatever. And you can run around in a medieval world if that's what you want, if that's what you like. I mean, like our game is in, in the future, like... I don't know how parallel dimensions work i bet it's crazy just just think of whatever you want to do and 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 go for it i mean then it then it's a real metaverse there's really over time there should be no limits the only limit should be the technology that we have at our disposal but that's going that's increasing so fast like gpus are so good now that in the pipelines for like um making 3d assets stuff like that they're so good and there's so much creative talent out there like i go on websites you know like you know if you check out artstation.com which is like a big website in the game industry. It's, I mean, it's it's just it's just for artists, like especially game artists. The talent out there is incredible. It's crazy, and it's like, all right, you know, like um, you, we need to give those people a way of making what they do come to life. Let them, you know, help them do it on their own, and we'll help them as much as we can. Like our team will basically be there for for a while, just sort of like taking other people's assets and making them work in the game. But it's like you know you should be if you want to if you want to make you know make something in our game we're going to help you do it and 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 then we're just going to have access to the most creative people and the most creative ideas we don't have to think of everything we just kind of sit back and see like okay what are people coming up with that's cool that's cool all right you know let's bring that into the capital city let's make a portal that's another dimension that's another world you know whatever it is um, and then our team can be relatively small but with much more creative potential than any other like a typical game studio because we're not inventing everything.
1: That makes sense, and there's 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 so many creatives out there because my background is in filmmaking, and like there's so much people who just crush at filmmaking, but they don't have the platform or mm-hmm. know how to sell themselves, and so they're always working on the next product and getting buried in the next project. This is like you guys are giving. It's almost like you you could become like the platform and the curator, to then give spotlight to certain people that wouldn't otherwise have a shine.
0: Yeah. And then that's where the community comes in. I mean, that's where we're going to have like the DAO mechanism or the governance token where it's like the community is going to tell us what they want to see and and what they like. You know, we're going to we're going to give the community a ton of control um, and we're going to be really open because so sometimes people ask us, well, how do you know, like, what if your game isn't a hit? It's like, well, it doesn't need to be a hit initially. We just need to start building the community and the community is going to help us build what they really want to play. Like you know, as long as we're we're listening um, and we're bringing in good ideas from the outside and we're 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 responsive and we we kind of facilitate that, then over time, like we'll invent new gameplay styles. I mean, it's like we're, we're going to be super super open. So almost like we're just one layer above a game engine, but not that far above it. You know, over time.
1: Got it, man. I'm I'm amped right now. I'm he's throwing th- so many things at me. How do you? What does your day to day look like? How do you keep everything? kind of like cohesive in your own head? Uh, I have a lot of
0: notes. You like know, just write notes all the time. So I don't okay. forget things, you know, and I wake up really early. I have young kids, so I wake up early anyways, but I just wake up early and I'm just on the, I'm just on calls all day. Like these last few weeks, we've been raising money from investors. So it's been really crazy. Um, but, but for me, it's really fun. I mean, soon, hopefully we finish our fundraising um, and then I can really get back into just like the, the game development and creative side of it, which is which is what I like, but we're just scaling up rapidly. Um, but yeah, I just take a lot of notes and I just read a lot of weird stuff. Um, and I read a lot of weird stuff and, you know, I wake up in the middle of night and I read like a weird book and then I go back to sleep and then I wake up early and get to work.
1: Got it. Okay. Um, I got a couple more questions. I'll let you go. Uh, this one's a selfish question because I'm an avid reader myself. What's a, a book or two that has had a great influence on how you think?
0: Um, I think the, the crazy. I mean, I think the the, uh, the most important book that I think has ever been written is Plotinus, the Greek philosopher. Plotinus. He wrote, okay. Yeah, he wrote a book called the Aeneids. It's the most difficult thing I've ever read in my life, by far.
1: Okay. Um,
0: it's it's really, I mean, it's like you know, scientific stuff is really tricky. You know, like if you're reading about biology or 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 you know, computers and how you know software works or this and the other, but it's still like in a paradigm that you can understand. Which basically it's cause and effect and somewhat, you know, like you can understand the relationships. I, that kind of like metaphysics that Plotinus wrote, I mean, it's very hyperlogical, but it's like, a t- it's like a way of thinking that is like totally beyond anything that we are, are used to at all in our modern society. Um, it's way, way, way far out there. And that's why I think like our ancestors, you know, we think of them sometimes as being primitive and superstitious. They were anything, but they were in a lot of ways, much, much smarter and more advanced than we are. Okay. It's
1: very interesting. Yeah, there's a there's an idea that popped up when I was looking at the backstory of Moonray. And it made me think of the Tower of Babel story where you have this Miium, which uh gives you godlike powers in a sense. And then uh the main god creates pretty much everything that's in existence. And then one of the worlds starts to kind of like flourish and they become aware of Miium and they start to like worship it Im- themselves and they they want to become like gods. And so that's the Tower of Babel being built, but in that's the difference in yours in your game is that God can't crush the tower and, and like spread across all the languages. The God that has the power is still bounded by something, and so when it goes to the planet, she becomes imprisoned and has to like find a different way out to then break down like the the cult that's imprisoning her. That idea was yeah. super fascinating yeah it's almost like yeah i mean it's
0: like at some point like power becomes like almost more like anyone can get hold of it and like even though you got far ahead at some point like the goddess in this case uh she got really far ahead and then she like stopped paying attention this other group this other this planet forms a cult around it and all of a sudden it's like now she can't control it either you know uh and i i kind of like that like there's no like ultimate like you know you know any one being or thing that can crush anyone it's like everyone has to fight always and like you can never kind of like arrest. like even if you're a goddess now like you may not be in the future so you know like like don't fall asleep and the same goes for every company that exists today every social media platform don't fall asleep
1: how, how important is story in your guys's process or the game you've talked a lot about the platforms and it's it's a beautiful game it's like you, you watch the video and it's just like Awe, you just feel you continuously feel awe when you look at these giant landscapes that are like just just perfectly beautiful. But how does how how do you guys think about story in in the context of all that?
0: Story really, is really important. We're we're working now. We're going to start working um, real soon on a comic book series that we're going to be releasing. You know, first before the game comes out, and then alongside it um, to really develop some of the storylines um like in a comic book i always i've you know i i like i mean i like books and then i really like comic books too because the cool thing about comics is i think they're, they're so it's like one of the most creative uh genres that exists now because you get the visual elements you know in a comic book where you can really like like kind of like paint a picture of a whole world so we're going to be explaining like the backstory a lot in, in a comic series um so then it's just going to kind of make sense what, what we're doing with the game and then the game is like you know kind of like the comic come to life essentially
1: okay right on uh Last question, and I want to treat this question kind of like an aspirational, but also maybe a time capsule. So if you guys take off and crush it, uh, this would be like the piece we look back on and go, look, five years ago, he said that shit, and it's all came true. <laughs> so let's say five years, everything goes like perfectly to plan. You guys just knock it out the park. Uh, what, what does that look like in your conception currently? I mean, I hope
0: that in five years VR is powerful enough. Where it's like two, three generations. Like VR is the equivalent of like you know twin RTX 3090s, right? You know, and so then like this kind of graphics that we're doing now, you can be doing it in a VR environment smoothly. Um, that is like the ideal from a from a tech standpoint. I mean, I think then the ability to really create like a really crazy world is just going to take. I mean, it could actually be scary, you know. At that point, like because you can make something that's so cool that you want to you, you don't want to get out of it, You're right? Gone. So. Yeah, I mean, but but that's where I think things need to go. It's just going to be a totally new, like, art form, essentially. You know, it's going to be, like, a new way of, like, like, you know, we've never encountered something um, where you can make environments that real, that cool, outside of, like, you know, people that are really, I don't know, like, advanced meditators or, you know, there's other, like maybe psychic things that people can do, but it's like, most people can't do that. I certainly can't. So it's like, all right, we're just gonna have to get like really cool computers. Basically that's, that's my only chance Okay. I'm not meditating, you know? So it's like, let's,
1: <laughs> let's it. get some,
0: let's get some GPUs. And listen is going to happen that way.
1: Okay. So, so the, the bold claim is Facebook trying to become the metaverse company. They're, they lost, they lost, now their, they're out. they lost the Moonray.
0: Yeah. They're done. They're the done. open
1: source community took over and that's where we're all in.
0: Yeah. They're, they're not going to make it. I don't think, um,
1: they're just kind of. Well, I mean, they're
0: and they're. It's a total. It's a total shift. I think most of the game industry is going to make. It. I mean, I talk to people in the game industry all the time. I don't think that they get it still. I was just talking to someone at a very big, you know, very famous game company, and I was asking them, "So what are you working on now?" It's like, "Oh, we have a new concept. It's a first-person shooter. It's going to be really cool." It's like, "Okay, so when are you guys releasing?" I was like, "We'll do a closed alpha in two years." Mm-hmm. It's like too late.
1: It's too late. It I mean, if
0: you're not working on blockchain right now, you're dead. That makes sense.
1: Yeah, no, I totally agree. And it's like when you're in the system. It's almost like you can see the future foretold. It just the reality hasn't caught up yet, but it feels like this is absolutely where it's going. But when you talk to a regular person at you know the grocery store, they're like, what, "What's what's Bitcoin again? Can you describe not, it?"
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, the way I, the way I tell everyone, I, I see it as like you talk to most people, they're working a blockbuster video is what they're
1: doing. Yeah, and then your exactly and your right. Netflix, you know, it's just like, and
0: they're like, really, "No, what are you talking about? We have a video store in every city in America." And it's like, "Yeah, not for long."
1: Yeah, not for long. Hundred percent. Okay. Well, uh, man, this has been. This has been great. How can people find out more about what you're building? Yeah, so Twitter,
0: uh, at Moonray Game on Twitter and our website is moonray.game. And we're gonna be making like a ton of announcements between now and the end of the year. And our first NFTs are coming soon. And we're just, I mean, we're just working like crazy. So we're gonna have a lot of really cool stuff. And Q1 next year is our early access release. So it's gonna be the, the beginnings of the single player campaign. We wanna get something into people's hands real soon. So they can actually start playing the game, experience the combat, start giving us feedback on what to work on, you know, what to fix, what to improve. And then we're going to be adding
1: co-op and just scaling it up into like a real MMO. Got it. Okay. And find find the Discord. It goes down in the Discord. Yeah, Discord. Yeah. Discord's
0: important. You can get that. Just go to our website. All the links
1: are there. Go to moonray.game
0: and all the links are there. Twitter, Discord, etc.
1: Beautiful. Rodrigo, cool. all thank right. you so much, man. Hey, my my pleasure. Thanks. Welcome to Built on Bitcoin. I know the things on always go, your way. But I'll be right here, waiting. I ain't been waiting now. I've been trying to figure out a way to make it out. Make it out, cause I don't think about everything going wrong.